0: Hi there, this is Joseph Byers back again for the double episode of this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. Not really a whole lot to talk about, um, as I kind of explained it in the last episode. The next episode is called 2.4, Turn the Page. I woke up feeling uneasy. The sun was rolling in on the bed, and Amy had already gone to work. I sat up and the bed squeaked, much to my surprise. The dogs jolted away and looked at me in excitement. Hey, Roscoe. Hey, Margo. I said as I scratched their ears. Both pulled out a fake smile of pleasure and then itched their own ears. Margo pawed at my arm and whined. Food? You want food? They launched from the bed and headed for the kitchen. I walked down the hallway and hit the kitchen. I was pulling down the dog's bowls when I found a piece of paper on the counter. Amy had left a note, somewhat hastily, but the tone was still there. Go see your parents today. Your mom was freaking out about the house, and your dad is still in the hospital. Be sure also to pick up some groceries for the evening dinner. Chili dogs okay? Hyphen. A. I grinned a little as I sat the note down to grab some coffee. Amy knew how to cut to the chase. I poured a cup and sat at the table. The dogs were munching down on the food with the occasional slurp here and there at the water bowl. I checked my cell to see a text from Casey. Hey dude, sorry about the rents. Call when you can. And as always, they're accepting admissions at Graymore. Casey, though a good friend and co-worker, was not the priority this morning. Graymore was having its annual homecoming dance, and somehow I needed to figure out how the gas mask was connected to the explosions. Whoever it was, they were trying to spell out a word, and I had a feeling the word would be spelled out with each destroyed building. Did they have a connection, though? To begin, let's look at Thorn and Locklear's place. The letter was G. Could be Graymore. Could be gents, could could mean anything. T, my house. This new house. Amy's last name before marriage was Thompson. That seemed to stretch. E, my father's middle name was Eustace. So there seemed to be something of a pattern going on. I went up to the attic once I had finished my coffee and decided to work for a few hours. G, E, and T. Thinking and pondering it just came to me. Get. The word get. It. This seems too simple, I said aloud. However, it was indeed the word get. Get where? Get back home? Get to school? Get to the river? Get to the town? What, what could this possibly mean? I checked my phone and silently simmered at the fact that no one had managed to call or text me. I remembered the note inside. Amy told me to go visit the Rents, I said, defeated. I'm going to have to put this mystery on hold. Hospitals. I never have, and I never will. Not only are they cumbersome in nature from the very get go, but you immediately sense the truth and lies behind the face. It's deeper than you think possible. Sadly, it couldn't be any other way. I pondered this as the lady at the desk told me to go up the stairs and to the left. I thanked her and turned head down. My shoulder clipped a pair of scrubs, and the tray went flying. I looked up into the face of the person and immediately recognized them. Sam? Sam Cross? Yeah, it's it's me, Resin. The man said as he dusted off his scrubs and looked at the food. Oh, shit, Resin. I gotta go back to the kitchen before Mr. Winston has a conniption. Bro, I, I didn't mean to, I swear. I know you didn't, guy. He started loading the food back on the tray. It's just an inconvenience. How have you been... "'What's been going on since high school?' "'Um, well,' I started. I, I, "'I got a job at Graymore after hopping around and—' "'Wait, Graymore? "'That doesn't seem up your alley. "'I remember when you used to make fun of kids who wanted to go there and be safe. "'Look, that was a different me. "'I stopped and looked at my feet. "'I, I didn't get the whole concept of different people and their stories. I, "'I shouldn't never have made fun. "'As I started to defend myself, a doctor ran past with a man in the wheelchair.' The nurse behind the wheelchair cried out as the doctor was calling for traffic to move. Edison Kirkbride, doctor! He's almost asphyxiated from the smoke in the house fire down the laneway yesterday. Nurse, let's move quickly. He's starting to shake. Wait, Wait! I called to the team. Already halfway down the hall. Sam, I'm so sorry, dude, but I gotta go. That's my dad. I staggered down the hall. Sam looked at me with ancient eyes. Go ahead, dude. Be safe out there. He said, quite deadpan. I exhaled sharply and took off toward the rooms.
1: Good evening, one and all. Dylan Derringer, live from atop the Greymore Tower. Looking over the moon's loft tonight, I can see that there's a bit of a haze. That's okay. Our favorite midnight mocha latte simmers in delight. I have some news today that might cause you... some of you a cringe that's alright. I tell it as I receive it. A finalist has been selected for the homecoming king-queen. I have the finalist names here in my hand. A sealed envelope settling the destinies of two amazing persons. Graymore. I can't tell you what it means to be the denizen of your revelation. First, the female contestant. This year's homecoming queen is... break, break, break! There's been a gas explosion from down south. We're going to keep you updated as the night rolls on. Tonight's dinner was a gruesome goulash that made even my stomach turn. I'm trying to hurry to get through this so we can keep you updated. Tomorrow's main course will be a vicious Veracruz volley. There'll be a series of pork entrails and a haggish style pouch. It's entirely edible. Salad, drizzled and crushed mealworms to top it all off. Finally, for those of age, a blood rose that it will make your mouth water. It's an amazing, amazing place to be, Graymore. The weather tonight will be attended, We're just fresh off the full moon. Ugh. Calm down. I keep getting the reports. Uh, I, I'm going to have to go. Uh, go- goodbye, Graham Moore uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. This is Dylan Derringer signing off for now.
0: Dylan faded over the intercom speakers. How, how does he keep doing that, and why was he so rushed? I called to no one in particular as I followed the trail of doctors and the nurse. Amy and I almost collided and mom hobbled a little behind Amy. Dad's gone this way, I shouted at them and they ran with me in tow. We finally came to the room where dad was resting with an oxygen mask on his face. I didn't know whether it hit me from the moment I saw the oxygen mask or the way my wife's mouth hung open in the perfect O shape. But as I looked at my dad's circular hospital window... The gas mask fell.
1: Dylan Damager here for another quick round. It seems that the science quad has experienced an explosion. A gas leak inside one of the buildings has caused Troy Hall to explode in a ball of terrible flame. Thankfully, fire and EMS are on the scene trying to figure out the cause for the leak and the estimated damage to the surrounding buildings. Please remain in your rooms until campus safety can send out an email. I know it sounds a bit grim, Graymore, but I told... I was told by Campus Safety Director Rob Horn to make sure these instructions are broadcast. If anyone knows anything, please call or email Campus Safety. Do not leave your rooms. Do not open the door unless it is a member of Campus Safety. In the event of an unfortunate event to occur, or you smell gas in your building, the value point will be the house of Campus Safety. From there, we will distribute you to the Willow Apartments in the North. My hope is that we do not have to exercise such measures and that we will get through this together, Graymore. Yours in voice, Dylan Danger.
0: I couldn't keep track of the time that passed as I sat next to my dad's bedside. My mom decided she needed to sleep and headed out right after I demanded to stay. Amy, too, stayed longer than she needed to. I felt that it was my right to get the answer so deliberately hidden from me. I needed to know the answer to this vision. I needed to know what was going on, how this tied into the school, how this gas mask kept appearing in places with letters, or supposed letters. I need to get squared away. I felt my dad was the answer to this. Casey texted me a few times in the night while I was off work. It was more or less her affirming her stance on being over Thorn. I was going to talk to her about it at some point. I texted back that I was focusing on my dad, I got a short reply later with just a single letter, the letter K. A few more hours passed and I nodded off for a bit of uneasy sleep. I wiped my eyes, shaking off the curtails of sleep, and looked... To my dad. Edison Kirkbride's eyes fluttered and he sat up gingerly in his chair. The groan coming from a man's lungs was deep-set. I leaned forward and looked into him. My face must have betrayed my emotions because my dad looked at me and sighed. It was as if a southern drawl emulated from the alveoli deep in the lungs. Well, and ran out in a gust. Shit. Dad. Please tell me what the actual hell is going on. My dad rested his head back on the pillow. His features seemed to relax, despite his face seeming to be drawn back slowly in a ghoulish smile. Rezin, there's a lot to tell you. So I guess we better get back, well, better begin. With that, I followed his finger to the door, where the woman in the gas mask breathed heavily with a bloody pickaxe in her hand. I flew back into the chair, in horror, as my dad exhaled, remaining as calm as any man that I've ever seen, and the woman with the pickaxe advanced. I wouldn't know later, maybe for about a few more weeks, two different things happened that night that my dad was in the hospital. The first was that a young campus safety officer who was picking up a shift for her fellow officer was roaming the campus. Casey was walking around the campus when her phone went off. An unknown number sent her a text saying meet at Nightshade Hall. Casey looked around, responded to the text with only one letter, the letter K. She advanced, going to the hall with brisk strides. From the moon's loft, at that same time, was Lucia Frey. Now, Lucia was the proprietor. She was a student. She had been given the coffee shop from her grandma after her grandma was too old and too ill to take care of it. While Lucia was a student, she also managed the shop, so it was quite daunting for her. She could have taken on another assistant, But she didn't want to. For Lucia was the kind of person that wanted to be perfect in a way. Practically perfect. So it seemed fitting that as Lucia locked up the shop, that she would retire upstairs to the loft above the moon's loft. But that's not what happened. For Lucia received the same text as Casey and replied with the letter L to know that she was on her way. And it seemed to be that mysterious happenings were coming down in Nightshade Hall once again. An ancient, ancient council, known as the Gridalia Council, picked new members as the old ones left. And fascinating enough, according to the lore, it ended up being at Nightshade Hall where they would pick. So in it came, followed by Casey followed by Lucia, and very surprisingly, Rob Horn. They descended into the darkness where Reson and Casey had fought off the monster, and it seemed to be that things were escalating quickly. For Rob turned and he snapped at Casey. Now Casey, why the hell would you kill one of our own members on Gredalia Council? Casey turned back and looked at him, and she wiped a tear away. "'I didn't mean to kill the Almost Doctor. "'It was—' "'I didn't mean to. "'Resin would have found out—' Well, resin be damned?' said Rob, menacingly. "'He didn't need to know. "'He wouldn't have known if you would have just let him go.' "'She wiped another tear as Lucia caught up "'and took Casey by the arm. "'Look, I wouldn't really talk to the White Raven that way. "'That's not the White Raven. "'I don't give a damn about no White Raven.' Rob said as a crackle of arcane energy flashed in his eyes. Now you mean to tell me that you are going to tell me how to do my job? Lucia looked up. A sparkle of green flickered through her own eyes. I'm not afraid of any man, especially you, Rob. He reeled at this, shook his head. You're one damn fool, girl. She looked back at him and smiled. You don't even know what I can do. Nor do you know what she can do. Rob sighed at that point and decided to convene the Gredelia Council once again. He clenched his fists as he stood at the altar where the Almost Doctor had died. Well, we lost our Frankenstein, apparently, he said. Trying to bring new life back into this campus. But here's what I need from you two. Casey, you're going to have to pick up your uh, endeavors, as the White Raven. She smiled weakly. I know, I just, I can't let Rezin know. Well, the hell with him, Rob said. I need you to stop this. I need you to stop hanging out with him. I need you to stop being his friend. I need you to get into his mind, Casey. I need you to get into his mind and see what's going on. She looked back at Rob sadly and said, okay. Rob snapped to Lucia next. Lucia, I need you to go south. South, she said. But Rob, why? There seems to be a little sterns going on with our f- gray friends. I need you to calm them down. Lucia smiled at that point. And she said, yes, sir. So in the night, after the meeting, Casey returning back to her house, Rob getting into his car, Lucia headed south to southern campus. Lucia reached into her bag and pulled out a long stick. She held it close to her side. Jogging slightly, passing the willows down through the trees avoiding the boardwalk as much as possible, skirting the edge of the plateau, Lucia moved silently and deftly as if her footfalls were masked by some kind of spell. And it seemed to be as Lucia kept moving, it kept moving, it kept moving, the more she felt like she was gaining on whatever it was. For as she crossed into the southern border, they were there with long, high domes, tall, lanky arms and legs, skinny as can be, and gray skin, were the aliens. And the minute that they saw her, they took off in a dead sprint into the night, and Lucia followed. Greymore was written, produced, and directed by Joseph Byers. Want more info on Graymore? It can be found on Facebook at Graymore Podcast and on Twitter at Graymore Podcast. Comments, questions, or concerns? Email us at J-O-S, the letter R, B-Y-E-R-S. And as stated in the previous episode, we are going to go back on our bi-weekly schedule now that everything has settled down for a little bit. And with that, I'm Joseph Byers, and I'm going to sign off. Here's to many endless nights and many vibrant stars.